we see a change in the attitude of the Shvotin uh, at the beginning of Ayigash, in the sense that uh, before they seemed to have been always afraid of Yitzchak, of, 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 of Yosef. They were very condescending, they were always Avodim, uh, Adoni, this, all that. And now, according to where Rashi explains it, he thinks Yehuda came over is diplomatically putting down, uh, speaking diplomatic language. Like when they're reading it in the Torah, it sounds that they was very calm and very collected. He was speaking with anger and with threats that they are going to wipe out Mitzrayim. He says they looked at the city and whatever. They went back to the city, Rashi says. In the end, the last say that doesn't mean they went back to the city. They considered like a city of ten people. They can wipe them out. So it's no good. Absolutely, they went to. They're going to war. Why were they going to war? Now, with what made them change in this attitude? So, I believe is as simple this way: as long as they thought it was among them, the nine of them, the, 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 the ten of them, not not the Yemen. So then they thought that the reason that Anoinish, they deserve Anoinish for whatever reason. And then whether it's because he Yasef, they didn't have Rachmanis on him, even when he begged them, whatever, whatever the particular thing that we're talking about. And that happens to be what even Shimon Levi felt was the problem. In other words, why did they deserve this punishment? It's because they didn't have pity on Yasef. Not because he was wrong, not because they were wrong. He, they still held they were right, but they didn't. Uh, they didn't. Uh, uh, but have pity on him when he when he when he asked him as a brother that you should do, why why you know please don't don't do this to me. Okay, they, they didn't do that. And so now they, they came, as they say, to uh, they came to war. So we said, why did so some say? So then, so the first, the tenth, they, they, then, then we deserve the punishment. There's no question about it. We have to be abodim, we have to be whatever. It is. But the Gaviyah was found in Binyamin's bed in Jake. Now, Binyamin was completely innocent of Yasef. And maybe possibly that he even knew at that time that Yasef was a tremendous sadik. He's one of the four people that did never sinned. So therefore, he was a tremendous sadik. It couldn't be that he would steal. So therefore, it must be that it was a setup. And if it's a setup, then, they, then they're ready to go to war. If it was a minus, okay, we'll make our balloration. And then she's doing this to us. But if it's a setup, that means you're doing it, you're coming to war. That was the purpose here. Okay. Uh, now, this is the uh, second time, as we said last, we pointed out that Yosef cried three times. And the reason I think that he cried three times, as I said, was because they came so close to understanding that they sinned, and they didn't get the point that they sinned. And, uh, and because of that, they didn't ask him Mechile. And because he didn't ask him Mechile, he never was Michael then. 
And because we never was Michael then, all the troubles of Klai Yisrael, of the, the Malchus Yehuda, Malchus Yisrael, all the, the, the basic clashes that existed throughout history between the two of them is due to the Machlekes that existed. No, Yeshua was never Michael the Prophet. And therefore, it becomes a, a, a big problem that I understand the Aftaylet. Um, I think it's going to be this week's Aftaylet packet. That the Aftaylet is that if you're going to be finally peace in the Osset Yolave, the Bansha is going to take the two sticks, the two different things between Yeshua and Yehuda, and he's going to make him into one stick. That should be the Aftaylet, right? Yep, this is it. This is the second That there will finally be this peace, this man. I don't didn't say the word mechila either, but I guess hopefully it'll be mechila, whatever it is there. Or, uh, you know, how people can think different ways. And that considered something mechila that was obviously they felt that they were justified in everything they did to him. And even though, you know, we need him, we're using him. And we're getting along, but it's only because we swallow what would happen and we try to forget it. But you don't forgive, it's usually it's forgive and forget. You don't have the word to forget without forgive is very hard. But I'm saying that you can live that way. You can pretend that, it, that, it, that, you, know, that you just leave it out of your mind when it happens. So this is, so... So when he saw that they're going to war, so all of a sudden he decides he has to identify himself at this time without waiting for the end results that they'll, they'll finally uh, admit to their guilt. And that's why he cried the second time. And again, they they agreed that they that they did something wrong. That's why they're willing to be avodim. And seeing that as soon as they saw Binyamin, they realized it was not it. But uh, therefore... They forgot about all of a sudden about this whole thing that, that they, they may be guilty, and therefore that was a chesol. They cried again. How we got away with the, the point, as I say, uh, I didn't identify them before, now I identify them now. I still don't know how we did it, but I'm sure that maybe Parley and Avadim were so happy to have some more clones of, of Yosef coming down to Mitzrayim that they figure maybe, you know, uh, Mitzrayim is going to become the, uh, the top economic uh, country of all time and everybody's going to be free and everyone's going to make billions and whatever it's going to be. Because if Yosef can do what he did, so imagine putting 12 Yosefs around, it would be fantastic. And we see something that Yosef, I remember we spoke about the fact that Yosef remembered the Chalimus only after uh, he, he saw he couldn't be angry at them. You know, he didn't want to hurt them anymore. So he remembered the Chalimus that he's supposed to serve. So that's what he says to them now, that uh, you're not the one that sent me here. The Rebbeinshim sent me here to, to make a place for you the, you, know, you have to live. I was chosen as the one to make that place. That's what he said. God sent me before you 
to give you a place to live. And let you also have a place to give. Okay. So I'm the chief over here. So I want you to go back to, to my father and tell him I'm the cheese and I'm, I'm, I'm the big chief here. And I'll, uh, what do you call it? Just what he promises in Gratian. It should seem. Um, yeah, he said, when you shaft of Elds Gratian, you won't have to be Mitzrayim. You'll have a separate country. You could be, uh, you'll have uh, your own uh, ghetto, uh, whatever you want to call it, but the ghetto you created, not a ghetto that was created for you. Once there's a place there where you can have a tremendous uh, area and then be separated from a time. And I'll take care of you because you've got five years. Now, again, Yasef doesn't seem to get the idea that the, that, that the, the fast was only to bring Yasef bring down the short term. Because the first ends as soon as they come in. Right, so at this point, he doesn't realize that point. He doesn't know why the first, why it was a hunger of seven years. But, but whatever it is, so as far as he's concerned, there's still five years to go. The thing is, when in reality, when they come down, you know, how they say, the Madras is brought down that they were still five years. The, the, the five years that were owed came later, but there was the the, the, the first the, the hunger would came back for five years. So now would that that hunger be in? How do you, how bad a hunger was it? How wasn't it? Doesn't talk that they prepared for it. So I don't think it's going to be as bad as this one was. Or you're going to say since grain uh, well it does spoil obviously because uh, but maybe. Yasef's grain didn't spoil even for later, so there was always grain around to sell later also. So obviously, he collected for seven years, so obviously there's going to be enough grain for seven years. And uh, that may be only affected Mitzrayim, not not, not Elzkanan, so there's definitely enough stuff. Okay, and you don't have to worry about it. Always. Don't take the furniture, don't take, I mean, the, the, the animals, obviously, they took, but don't take it. Don't take the, the, the furniture, don't worry about what the furniture can buy. You're going to have furniture here. It'll, you want to take your favorite uh, dresser, take your dresser. But don't don't go around worrying what you need. Whatever you need, you can find here. When they live, just go. Okay. And uh, it's interesting that it's pointed out that the Agalis came from Pari, not from not from Yasef. On the other hand, what does Rashi say? Uh, he saw the Agalis that Yasef said because the last Allah as he was learning was Egilarufa. So therefore, it was like a sin to him, and all of a sudden, I know he's alive. What is it who sent the Agolis? Agolis? Pari. says, what did he say to them? Oh, and 
So why is saying that he said what what Yosef sent? How do you know Yosef would have sent him anything? There was no uh, hint, and and uh, it just happened to be so. So then it's not what it. No, it just was. He 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 made a mistake, and he thought it was Yosef, but really it was Barrett. But 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 the, the mistake made him realize the emes. So I guess that you know what it means is is that Yosef knew he's under Paro's authority. But he made it uh, by suggestion, by uh, what? What do you think, Parid? Should we send or not? You think that's necessary? About the send of course, something like that. And then Tyson because of that, he he's called he sent him. But that was like the hint that he had, and that made him understand. I remember what I answered about the tent, why he needed 10 donkeys carrying food for his father. He doesn't need 10 donkeys worth of food. So I'm sorry. Okay. Now, what's the name? Sir Pasosha. Was the her the one that notified him that uh, that Yesu was alive? Daddy gave him a bracha and so on. I don't know from the medis so how the story works that she was singing a song with Yesu's name in it and Yesu's chai and something like that. Um, what I think it means is is that you couldn't have the shock. Of uh, coming in, yes, he's alive. Like, you know, all of a sudden he's shocked. You gotta, gotta tell it to him easily. So he hears someone singing a song about a dream, about something, like that yes, is alive, and so on. And eh, it doesn't mean anything. He's a little kid talking, whatever it is there. And then the Shvatim come down and they said, you know, uh, Yosef is really alive. He's alive. Yeah, you guys are sure you really mean it? I don't know. I heard, I heard Sarah singing something about that. Like, you know, I don't hear what this thing is. And then he saw the Agolis. Okay. So then he saw that what she did for him, not just she told him and then was with him, because that he probably didn't believe it. Says he didn't believe it. So why is he giving her the bracha? But he saw her, she wanted to give her. And she wanted to break it to him in a way that he won't be shocked to him. And that's long as he deserved the prophet. He gave the prophet. Okay. Okay, he's going to go down. He intends he's just going to visit him. You think that? Okay. But how long the visit is going to take? He doesn't know. Now, maybe it could be, he feels it could be to take the five, another five years. That maybe until he comes to Mitzrayim and the mention makes the nest, uh, he also doesn't know that the hunger is going to stop. So therefore, I'm coming as long as it takes to go to hunger. But instead of waiting here, I'm going to wait it out in Mitzrayim because that's where Yosef is. So we all go. 
So now there's a very interesting thing. The Ruach Yaakov Aviyam, the Yavizel Ruach came back to Yaakov. Vayayme Yisroel Ravoyed Yosef Chavirichoy. Yisroel said, Yosef, my son is alive. Now why is all of a sudden switching from Yaakov to Yisroel? Because Yaakov is the weak name of Klai Yisroel. Yisroel is a strong name. So once the, the uh, was he saw that the soil uh, that the that he got the nevua back, so he became a sweat. No more weak. He wasn't like oh, the gods deserted me, or I don't, I don't deserve it anymore. Whatever it is, they're back. Okay, so he's traveling with, and whatever he has to Beersheva, and they made zvachim l'keyav v'yitzvah. Again, so he seems to be more carbon. As remember, I said that there was only one carbon uh, that the that the, that the all the others sacrificed was only one carbon, which was the Ayo by the Akeda. And here it seems he made he made zvachim over here, which came okay. Zvachim are considered are shlomim. So therefore, we're not. I don't, maybe that's not counted. He was talking about oilis. Oilis is different than uh, ideas of than 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 shlomim. So therefore, because the different ideas, ikazach, ikakabonis for goyim, whatever it is that negeya is really oilis. So therefore, uh, they never did another oil, and that's what what what. What Bilam? What Bilam wanted to do together with Balak was he said that we we sacrifice two behemoths and each one is we make oilis to one that you don't find by, by the others except the one. But but vochim we have. Okay. Anyway, the Benjamin comes to Israel with Maris Halayla, which is Nevoa. Vayeme Yaakov Yaakov. He says the weaker name to him. He doesn't say the, weak, the stronger name to him. He says the weaker name to him. Vayeme Nehemi. Okay. Maybe whatever the mood is. Vayeme Nehemi Kelevicha. I'll feel me in time. Don't be afraid of going down to time. Now Mashkircha. He said, used to say that uh, whenever someone tells me don't be afraid, that's when I got getting me afraid. When he mentioned, telling to the cloud, don't be afraid. I'm going to make a big nation there. So what's going to happen? I'm going down with you. And I'll take you up. And But you're not going up. And you're not going to come up alive. Yosef is going to put it to close your eyes when you die. So therefore, that means you're dying in Mitzrayim, in Golis. It's not a very good uh, thing that the Golis is starting. Yoakim Yaakov Mibersheva. So who got up? Not Yisrael anymore. Yaakov got up. Ayisu Bnei Yisrael Yaakov Avim is top of, but the Bnei Yisrael he didn't have the dream. He didn't tell it to them. So they are still the Bnei Yisrael. They're their son is the stronger name, and therefore they took Yaakov their father, who was a weak name for Yaakov himself. But they were still under the strong thing. Stop and stand by Golas, but the Agolas that Paro sent to take them. 
And they took all the Mekneim Vesuchushim, so therefore they did take the, the, the properties and stuff. But I'm saying, but then it means that the things you're in doubt with and stuff like that, don't be afraid to leave it. Yeah. Okay. He gives you the names. Okay. And again, it always will claim, wherever it says in all the Shvatim, it will always call Yeruvain uh, either Bechor Yaakov or Bechor Yisrael. Over here it's called here Elishmaith Mnei Yisrael, Aboy Mitzrayim Mnei Yaakov Ubonu, Bechor Yaakov Ruvain. He's always the Bechor because he was the, the first Zara. That, that, that Yaakov was mighty in his life, and therefore it's the true Bechor, and that Bechor can never be taken away from him. You think they okay. Let's give the council the kids, everyone down, and Rashi tells us, that says, and the total is 33. But if you count the, the people, actual people, you count them, it's only 32. So obviously, who is what's missing? So the missing is, um, uh, what, uh, what do you call it? Vesha's uh, mother. Chavid. Um, Chavid was born by when he came into Mitzrayim. Okay. So you got very nice. Okay. You got 32, but you have to count that to know that. But there's a discrepancy. You know, normally if you see 33, you just had a list of a bunch of names. You can go back and check if it's 33 or 32. And I assume that they know how to count. They'd say that's what it is. So therefore, uh, telling me over here is not such a big we'll see later on. It's a very easy place to tell it to me. Then he tells me, oh, well, we might as well take that boat first. And then he says again, when he says, um, You can say that if I put it over here, you wouldn't know it's missing to Leia. We don't know where it's missing. So we'd have to start counting everybody anyway to see by who's it missing. By where's the, where's the thing? This because we counted all the numbers. The numbers add up to seventy. So therefore, it has to be some. Someone's missing one. So which one is missing the one? That's the. Uh, Okay. So to stress this point, to make it look, we have to put make it anyway over here. So the, 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 that maybe make it look, and then it tells you over here. So it tells you over here immediately. Okay. Um, it's also one thing that I know was Machlek is Rashi and Ramban. Back by uh, Hogo and by Bill and Zulpa. What is it that makes the uh, the fact that you gave over the Shifra 
to, to your husband that it becomes that you're going to have a baby, right? So Rashi learns that the fact like it's, uh, you took a tzara on yourself, you brought a tzara into the house, and so God's going to reward you with a, with a, with a baby. Okay. You know, I think that was a very strange way of learning it, and it's like you, like you have to punish yourself in order to get something. I'm bound to learn simply because you're a shifcha, and you belong to me, you belong to me totally, so any baby that you have birth is my baby. If it's my baby, especially for my husband, so then it's really my baby, and I'm going to make sure it discounts it if it's my baby. So that's really having the baby. Now, God will give you another one or not, that's up to him. But, um, but this is my baby. Okay. Um, in the counting of the uh, four emois, uh, of not the four emois, between the, the numbers, two uh, counting Rochel and Leia and Zopa and Bilha, so it should have been either it's going according to the ages of the Shvatim, so then it should have been, Rochel should have been last. Right. If you're going, uh, I don't know exactly any other way. If you're going according to the order of how they, how they were given to Yaakov, then Zilpa should be last. Whatever it is there, but how is it put in the right here? But first she counts Leah, then she counts uh, Zilpa's kids. Why is she counting Zilpa before Rachel, before Bila? Elavas because Zilpa's kids are really Leah's kids. And therefore, we're counting out the kids of Leah. So I count Leah from her, and Leah's from, from Zopa. And same thing, we count Rachel's from her, and Rachel's from Bila. Even though Bila's kids were born first, whatever it is there. But that's the first accounting my kids from me, then my kids from, from, from Bila. But we're counting only two types of kids, Leah's and Rachel's. Not counting the other kids at all. As their kids of Zopa and Bila. Most of it referred to here is what? There's no Sanleva Balabita, it doesn't say any more Shifchas. Somehow they got graduated to somehow beyond Shifchas, just that they were given by, by Leah to, to Yaakov. So we understand that how they had the power to give it, it must be that she was to Shifcha. But it doesn't call her a Shifcha anymore, as opposed to the other times that they mentioned. So the, I think the reason for that would be that because both Rachel and Leah were both dead at this time. So since they, they, these two were still alive, maybe he took them as full wives now. Words, they graduated into being wives. And uh, that's why they, uh, they put out just that they, they, they became the wife because he was given by, uh, by Leah and Rachel. Okay. He also sends Yehuda to, uh, to set up the, the yeshiva over there. Uh, it's a fun. So there's, uh, when I was in, uh, in Kalos Yeshiva for Hanukkah Sabayas, I think it was 1970, maybe even earlier. No, it's earlier, it has to be earlier. 65. In 65, 
so they built the big two dormitory in the building, and they built that. And the Shiva and myself went to the Hanukkah Sabbaths. And they uh, modeled, it was, God, I think it was Parashas Vayigashtak. And the model gift, uh, I mean, not the model, she does. Cats. Cats. Uh, cats made a speech in a mole, and he said that he should have sent Levi. Levi was Losh Yeshiva. So if he's setting up a Yeshiva, he sent Losh Yeshiva to set up a Yeshiva. Why did he send Yehuda, which is Malchus? He says, because sometimes you have to build, building Teva and Chutzlar, it has to be with Malchus. It has to be show everything which shows, it tells a, a hierarchy or whatever, the concept of Malchus HaTeva and so on. Uh, that's the way you have to build Teva and Chutzlar, it's with Malchus. Okay. And I think at that time, the model gift packet. He said a, a different thing to me. He said, mean like this, when he's trying to convince uh, parents to uh, to uh, tell to let their kids learn, because maybe it'll be Zoycha to be a Rosh Hashiva. And I take a look at the old building of Rosh Hashiva. He said, the old building of Rosh Hashiva, that, and that'd be a lawyer. But they ain't there, but if you show them a building like this, it can be Rosh Hashiva. Oh, this may be like some kind of this building, then, then something to be. So that was what his attitude was. Okay, both could be Ems. Anyway, this was too little, too late. There is an Indian, what's done, and there is an Indian that you were supposed to prepare. But the Torah is, yes, if you remember the dream too late. If you want to set it up like the, uh, the, uh, the Harish that they, that they turned down, they went down 11 years before, but they went down with the Chonye to, uh, to Bavel. So they set it up with Daniel, those guys, they set up the country yeshivas culture butcher shops, the culture pizza store. Now everything was set up for them to come down and and become like they never left. Now it's just so like, oh, they can move right into to what do you call it? Now, how do you build the yeshiva when there's no students? Like, you know, with the shifty co weren't down yet. You know, so what do you mean? You need to build a melee there, they were down. So he built for themselves, but he built it a setup big enough Compass the whole goals that will come down. Abelamaisa, they were needed for themselves too. And here, Yosef is going to build buildings and things like that. What do you be buying buildings for? Who needs the buildings? But the idea is if you would have had at least the area set up, partners made it for every family. He has uh, what do you call the actual main building? You'd have such a thing. And who are you building for? I don't know. We're building for uh, some trying to sell a little tractor. I don't, I don't know what a territory would give. But then the child to say they move right in and they get to get down to business. Um, but this way, uh, they came back and they started to struggle where to start, where to end. Um, I mentioned this once by by uh, Emilia Yeshiva when they came to Shanghai. So they always said that it was built by a Swadi Jew 
the uh, the building in the twenty six I think it was built, uh, and it is exactly big enough for every Talmud in in, in, in Mir, but not bigger. So you see that it's me in Siat that you see that the Vanshim wanted that they should have a place for them to be. Right? What does it mean? What would have been if they didn't have this building? They would have come and they would have had to find five or six different little places to learn. They'll be split up. They wouldn't have that same force of, of physical and, and, and Kela Taylor than having by all of them together and stuff like that. So Mimela, it was important that they be together. And the same thing when you're coming down to Mitzrayim, it's important that we should be together. So we should have had that ready. And that wasn't ready. So now we need someone that's going to somehow organize it in a way that, that's going to either make up for it or protect it to fall apart first, whatever it will be there. So therefore, that was Yehudah's job. So it's too too little and too late, as we call it. I say he did it. Yeah, there are two different pshotim, and it's not. Uh, and then there are two different mikavas, and then try to figure out that it should be the same thing, really. Why did Yosef, why did Yaakov Lane Krishna punct at the moment that he should agree to Yosef? And therefore he didn't he didn't uh, kiss Yosef. So one shot is, which is the, the, the more the Musadika type of shot, that a person that's to dedicate his highest moment of love to Kurdish Bahu. He's coming down to Mitzrayim to see Yosef, who he hasn't seen in 22 years. And it's a tremendous desire that he has to hold Yosef and give him a kiss. And he takes that moment and dedicates it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and says, Shema Yisrael. Okay, that's, that's a big high madrege. There is... Another in Mesechtas Ketanis that says, and that's also Mesechtas Ketanis, that he, that uh, he didn't say why. You can touch it up simply. Another one is, why didn't Yaakov kiss Yosef? Because he was chayshid, because of his beauty and everything else that he, uh, that he had uh, incestuous relationships in his time. He didn't really, but he had definitely machshove, and uh, could have come almost to Maisa. Uh, how would Yaakov know all this? So first of all, by the time of certain, are able to recognize in someone something that's there, so maybe he was able to recognize it. One, he's a novi, or he's I can't answer why. But he didn't want to kiss him. You know, it's... it's it was missing. It's not the Yosef that went down to Mitzrayim. It's Yosef. I love him. You think they, but to give him a kiss to show approval of, of him completely, I can't. Now, 
it's a little bit more mashma like this for the simple reason that Yaakov never kissed Yosef in those tw- in the 17 years that he was in Mitzrayim, never could just kiss Yosef. He could have been right after Krishna, he should have grabbed him and said, give me a kiss. Yeah, dedicated my kid, my, my, my thing, Hashem, but I got 17 more years, I never kissed you. Never wish you mazel to for anything. I never, I, ne- I never saw you when I first saw you. And I used to get every time I came home from Tel, my father kissed me. You know, and stuff like that. You came home, you were gone for a while, so you got a kiss. What's the shayla? I mean, so why didn't he kiss him? So obviously he didn't kiss him because he felt that I can't kiss you. Whatever it is there. But it could be that that he first realized afterwards when he saw him, but before that, before he saw him, he started saying Krishna, obviously before he saw him, before they, they had to do the kissing. Then Yasif is worried about in, in what he called assimilation. So he's going to try and and stop Paro's plans. He was aware of Paro's plans from the beginning because Paro uses a lotion when he said to him, I want you to do this, when they heard that their brothers were there. I'll give you the best land in Mitzrayim. So, the best land of mine, not Eltsgoshen. It would be Eltsgoshen that we'll be living in Eltsgoshen. So, obviously, it's not the best land in Eltsgoshen. The metropolis was, whatever it is, or maybe people are not interested in, in agriculture. So, what do you call it? Goshen was an agricultural state. And uh, Mitzrayim was a metropolis, a business state, and everything else. I can't answer you why they were being used. But Paris Kavana was, I want you to be in the metropolis. I want you to be in Mitzrayim, in the hub of where all the people are, where all our cultural institutions are. That's where we want you to be. Okay. Yasef um, understood this, that that's going to be Paris uh, Kavana. Of course, he wants to use the Jews for the betterment of, of Mitzrayim, not for the benefit of the Jews, but he wanted them to be able to raise up the standard of Mitzrayim, whatever it is. And therefore, it was important for them to integrate and assimilate. Um, so Yasef tells his brothers, I want you to, uh, to tell them that you're shepherds, it is son of shepherds, it means you, you, you're an ancestor of shepherds, so they'll leave you alone because Teyavas Mitzrayim called They It's an abomination being a shepherd. Now you'll see in a minute, Harry says, I also have flocks of sheep, right? And then the flocks of sheep that Paro has is flocks that designate them as gods. So the person that takes care of them is going to be a very dignified person. Whatever it is, they probably have small flocks. They're not talking about thousands of sheep. I'm talking about a few sheep. And you have one shepherd on it showing that he's the, how we treat our gods here. Whatever it is, it's a dignified job. 
Our job, your job, is your shepherds of thousands of sheep used for meat, used for this thing, and uh, that's a Tevas Mitzrayim. You look like it, you, you wear dirty clothes, or your clothes become dirty, you wear the work clothes, and stuff like that. So it's a different type of, of shepherd that we're talking about. So you're supposed to tell me that type of shepherd. What is, what's the purpose of this? Is the purpose to say that we stay separate from you. In other words, you're superior to us. Not that uh, you're superior to us. The main point to tell them, that, excuse me, that you are, you are more uh, elegant, you're more, uh, uh, we're more barbaric, if you will, we still eat meat, and stuff like that. No, it's, uh, it, it's some kind of differentiation of putting the Mitzrim in a higher uh, sphere as gentlemen in the world that we are. So they, they feel superior to us, so they feel they use us. Uh, I remember once seeing I think, an incident, mentioning a, a film or a, movie or a piece of, uh, I don't know what they call it, but it's only a little piece of it, where they wanted to, uh, where the, the time of 67 war, um, Syria wanted to show that they have Jews living there and that they respect them. They're, they're doctors and they're lawyers and whatever it is. They, so doctors and lawyers, so they're the Takiri is uh, elite. You know, so how come you can yeah, have a smart Jew as a doctor, he works for us, right? I got the, when you ask a, 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 a CEO of a company, I got the best accountant working for me. I got the best lawyer working for me. I got the best doctor working for me. In other ways, but they're working for me. I don't know this. I don't have any care. But they're subject to me. They work for me. That's the part that they, that they want, that, that thing. But as long as you feel that way, then we have no problems. Once you feel that we rule over you, then all of a sudden we have problems. That's the point that we wanted to use. Use us. Feel you using us. But leave us alone. And that's why they say, told me so. We have to keep separate, like basically them feel that this, that they're better than us. That's the important part. Okay, so you do this thing. Okay. Anyway, Yasef brings his the brothers, and he brings five weakest brothers. Uh, I don't know exactly what it means, the five weakest brothers, but I guess they don't look as imposing as the, as the other five, the other six. Uh, well, me didn't take it all, so that made the difference, you know what I'm saying? Okay, and he says, uh, if you know there's any big one, we'll put them for my sheep. Okay. The bracha that Yaakov gives to Paro is that the Nile should rise for him um, whenever there's a drought or whatever there's no drought, whenever it is that they need irrigation, they would, by him going towards the Nile, the Nile will rise to him. And that made him into a god. That's why they thought he was a god, or he retrieved himself as a god in its heart. Anyway, it says the Pasik. First pasuk, if the Shvi, Ayeshiv Yeshiv Vesechov, 
ראיתם לכם אחוזו בארץ מצרים, מתבורת בארצם זה כאשר ציוו פרי. גדלן דהאוזס לפרנסט. Now it's this is in Alt Mitzrayim, Alt Ramses, not, 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 they are sitting, uh, what do you call it, uh, he says before, command. Alt Mitzrayim l'fanecho, l'fanecho, meta v'horetz hoishiv esovich v'ezerba. Settle them in there. That's why I want them settled. And then he says, Yeshu v'horetz kaisha. What does that mean? Yeshu v'horetz kaisha. That could be Yeshu v'horetz kaisha. They're there now. No, it's, the Pasuk doesn't read well. I mean, as far as I, I, I can read it. Made the Lord Teshvah, Sovichvah, Zavchecha, settled them in the time. And then Yeshvu, who is Yeshvu? Who's sitting there? Elzgoshen, they're there now in Elzgoshen, like I said before, I gave you the shus of being Elzgoshen. Right, that's what they ask. V'at the Yeshvu, Navadecha, Elzgoshen. They ask them, now we settled in Elzgoshen. And Paolo agrees to it somehow, right? And, uh, and he doesn't then, so we can't say he's changing his mind. Otherwise, I want to make sure they have land in its time also. Either they'll use it as, as a place to relax for the weekend, or they'll come to work there and relax in the application for the weekend. They're going to be part of its time. And they're going to be kids that are going to decide to, to be in Mitzrayim all the time. And the family will be split, some living in Mitzrayim, some living in Goshen. And we see the Emerson that's really happened. Because you see by, uh, by the Matthew Bechayris, it said that the, the, uh, any house that a Jew is in, the Mitzrayim still got killed. And the Jew was saved. What's a Jew do in the house of Mitzvah? What do you mean by what do you think? Is that you live in Englishan? Why are you, why are you over there? It's Englishan, you didn't give anything, any markets, but now for somebody gave him. So what are you doing in the time? Hell of us, we live here. So there was people that did live there, and therefore, that was what he hoped for. That it's in time. Everybody's going to move into Eltzvitzrayim and whatever, at least a good businessman, a good body called. And then we can use, uh, the, the, there'll be the, the country will be uh, the way we, the, the uh, with with their culture, with the Mitzrayim culture, whatever it is, and the, and the Jews will become Mitzrayim. That's basically what that was. Well, yes, that was Paris' plan. And that's what Yaisa had to do. He had to give them the houses, otherwise he can't impose Paris, but whatever it is there. About it obviously solid state in Gaishan. Then he explains what happened in Mitzrayim. Words, uh, and he gives it two years. And it, in, the, in these two years, he took all the money, all the land, and he made all the people about it in two years. Right? First of all, there should have been a revolution. Right. Any time you try to do this to any country, the king, will be a revolution. Right. Why wasn't there a revolution? Secondly, uh, what favor did you do Mitzrayim? You didn't, you didn't do us a favor, you just took us for a body. You made us into slaves. 
So how you can say, you remember what you did to Mitzrayim. You didn't do anything to Mitzrayim. You did it for for Pali. Pali became a king all over the world. Now where the Pharaoh became, his kingship became different. Originally he was a king, first among equals. Now he's a king, I am Mitzrayim. I own everything in Mitzrayim. Everything there is, every person, every animal, everything that exists in Mitzrayim, I own. It's a big difference in the type of American person is. So what God does today saves you. So obviously you gotta say that Yosef did not do this to impose himself. Why didn't they have that revolution? Because he didn't raise the prices on them because I got the food and you don't. Originally he was selling it for a very reasonable sum. Maybe even what they normally pay. Maybe even less. And he continued doing that. No question about it. But they were able, or they thought they would be able, to, to what do you call it, to have some of their own food, which they tried to keep. And when they opened up their food, so that they tried to also do like, like Yosef was doing, they all ratted. Which eventually made that mess to happen. So they had to come on to Paro. So it's not a point that he's taking advantage of them. It's just that the Matthias was our stuff rotted and his didn't. And we need to buy from him, so we buy from him. And the fact is that I can't afford it. I can't afford it. And what's going to have done? But that was the thing there. So it was not that if someone does something because I'm stronger than you, I was trying to fool you, then you'll have a revolution. Well, they don't see that, that he wanted to do that. He didn't want to do that. He wanted them talking to be, to feel what uh, he And again, why didn't he take over his Canaan the same way? The hunger was in Eretz Canaan too. And it says the money stopped in Eretz and in Eretz Canaan, right? So what happened then? So we got to say again that maybe once once Yais, once Yaakov Abunov came down, there was no more reason for a hunger in Eltskinan. So even though it says here the second year they did it, so maybe it was a lesser fast and lesser tightness in or maybe they ate their animals, and because they ate their animals, they didn't eat that much bread. So therefore, the hungry years only if the animals are all dead. Uh, so, uh, so it could be that's why they had never been. Elvis Kenan never became a burden to Mitzrayim. Okay, and, and they thank and what it basically became sharecroppers. In other words, for a twenty percent deal, you keep the land. Now that's not really bad. 20% tax, let's see what you're doing. The 20% tax on your money. Uh, I don't know before how they supported Paro, or Paro had to be supported by his own land. But now that he owns everything, he automatically has a 20% uh, income from coming in from all the Avodim, from all of the time, which means like the first income tax is in, uh, 20%. 20% is, is very reasonable. 
Okay, so therefore, I guess there's no complaint about it. About it. Um, he says, after he bought them, what did he do? He moved them from area to area. The, the reason for that is the same reason as Sanchei had for replacing all nations. Now, when he captured this nation, he replaced it with, captured, with another nation he captured. And therefore, nobody was on its own land. He mixed everybody up. Nobody knows who's who, where they come from, or whatever it is. And the reason he did that, because there's no loyalty to the land. No one can say, <clears throat> you know, I want this because free Ireland, because I'm Ireland for the Irish, or even Poland for the Poles. It doesn't make a difference who lives here. We're all Americans. The difference in make, right? That's the way it is. So that was what he wanted to do. He also wanted to make us not be gehen, not to feel that we are, uh, that we, we used to call them kikes, grine. If anyone remembers such a Russian, grine, in other words, uh, you're, I came a year ahead of you, so you're a Grina yet. I'm more than you. I can't speak English either. Because that doesn't make a difference. You're still a Grina. Now, how are we going to do that? To make the Eden not feel as exiles coming in or uh, immigrants, is that everybody's an immigrant. And the only other country in the world that ever happened in the United States. Um, the only ones that can claim they're not immigrants in this country are the Indians, right? And they're still not kosher. So we are all the children of immigrants, so therefore there's no one that can say the land belongs to me. Now, with the, even even though the the Polish Goyim were just as poor as the Jews were, not poorer. So why why are they saying you're stealing from us? Because they still felt part of Poland. They are relatives. They are we're in the same nation. Yeah. Uh, Poland is rich, so I'm rich because I'm part of a rich country. But I'm not personally not rich. But the Jews have no. They, they don't. They don't. Have, they're not supposed to have anything. They know. Now they have more than me. They have money. They're rich. So therefore, they must be taking mine. Daisy taking something from Poland. Not if it would have been if the Jew didn't take it, I would have had it. So therefore, all of a sudden, there's tremendous hatred that comes up. Uh, so to uh, avoid that, he, he moved them around. Okay. So America, we don't have that. So therefore, where did the Jews uh, become great? America, politically. Financially, everything in there and all that. And we're not talking about one rich man that existed. They're talking about billionaires, all, all every kind, Hasidish, regular kind of Jews, Chayid, everything that you have. They, they, they're tremendously wealthy. And the, well, the media belongs to them, and, and they're definitely the movies used to belong to them. And all these things belong to them. The newspapers were hidden. You know, the times were hidden. I mean, so, uh, 
all these things that they had that decorate. They were in the media. They were in the thing. They controlled the world to a great extent. And stuff like that, even though they uh, we were we were small, very small part of the population. And we have this mileage that we were finally found to be equal with people. We had to, we came in on an even basis and we're coming on an even basis. We're gonna be bigger than anybody else. And the only other place was Mitzrayim. And Mitzrayim even had a better deal. Because Mitzrayim, everybody was an avid. The Yidden were the only ones that were able to be businessmen and do anything else in, in the country. So they took over the whole country. And throughout history, the Yidden had a big problem. They weren't allowed to land a lot of countries and stuff like that. So they were the middlemen. The middlemen meant the stores. And the middle class was between the, the uh, nobility and the poor and the, and the Evabodim. They were the rent collectors. They were the tax collectors. They were these things there. So who did the guy, who did the, 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 the <coughs> what do you call it, the peasants hate? They hated the Jew because he's the one that represented power. He's the one that came for our money. He's the one that came for our money. So therefore, all of them, Chamonitsky specifically went against the, uh, the, the Polish because the Ike attacked the Yidden. Because the Yidden. But the North Story in Japan, but he wanted that, uh, the, what he called, Tojo wanted a million, uh, a million or a hundred thousand, I remember, a thousand, I think it was, Jews from Hitler, because he's got rid of them anyway, uh, because he needs a middle course between the samurai and the peasant. Okay, and Hitler refused, and the whole story did, but that's not for now. Anyway, those are the things. Anyway, by wanting to do this, obviously, Yosef created our problems because we did integrate because of that. Then it says, um, so uh, he made this thing. We'll talk about why it's not a thing of the next and Pasvayichi. But here, what it basically says, Vayish is over at Mitzrayim, Ve'eretz Goyishim. So Rashi says, where in Eretz Mitzrayim do they sit? In Eretz Goyishim. And therefore, he's trying again to make it all one. That the Eretz Mitzrayim, that they want Eretz Ramses, it's all the same thing. It's not Mashman that that's the same thing. Uh, and they're saying, because of that, so point, how else will we touch the post again? Vayish is so Ve'eretz Mitzrayim. What? Where the illustration, they made illustration into Eretz Mitzrayim, unfortunately. Instead of making Eretz Mitzrayim illustration, they made illustration of Mitzrayim. That was the Abu That's the, uh, we'll talk again next week. Have a good Mishabbos. Everyone should be a Tzliach. And a lot of you think the end. Good job.